0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Greetings to all of you planeswalkers and spellcasters throughout the multiverse. It is wonderful to see you have joined us here for another episode of Draft & Draft. My name is Corey, and today walking alongside me, and I mean that in the actual literal way, is my bear friend, Borok. Borok, say hi to everybody. I know, Borok, it's a little unconventional, but I think that in these times, it's good for us to stay healthy, stay in shape, and sometimes that means going out there and taking a walk amongst the world. Perhaps you're right, Borok. This is a thinly veiled attempt to get out and lose a few calories. But I think that it is going to be an exciting time because so much new is coming down the pipeline from WOTC for Magic and for Arena in particular. But before we get to the news updates and the excitement and hype that is sure to come from this episode, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. First off, this podcast is brought to you by the Blue Podcast Network. Check them out wherever you download your podcast, that's Spotify, that's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and of course, their website, bleav.com, for great content, great show in the world of pop culture, sports, and more. But most importantly, this podcast is brought to all of you out there in the Unlucky Lounge Rat world. My listeners, thank you so much for tuning in week after week and helping make this a community and for my newest unlucky lounge rats we invite you to join us on our social media that's of course twitter draft and draft cory you can find my instagram Corey demone enriquez and of course if you've been enjoying these episodes think about joining in on our patreon help us keep the lights on you can find it on patreon under draft and draft on mtg podcast well, our housekeeping is done. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Converse Closet. And my lucky lounge rats, if you're hearing the sounds of cars passing by, leaves swaying in the breeze, maybe even the chirp, chirp of a bird in the distance, that's because this podcast is going to be a super visceral one. I am actually out and about taking a walk with my bear-tending friend, Borak, and we're going to be chatting just about some of the most exciting things that are coming out in Borok, the world itself has started to unravel. The multiverse is abuzz with news. Borok, what? Ew, what are you? No, not over there. Come on, we're supposed to be walking. Hey, I am not picking that up. You gotta take care of that yourself. I swear folks, sometimes, It's like taking care of a rambunctious puppy dog. Puppy dogs being an appropriate thing to talk about because we are at the onset of M21. It's just a few short days before Magic's newest set is going to drop, and in particular drop virtually throughout the world. And this time I do mean throughout the world because it was now less than 36 hours from the recording time of this moment that Magic has announced that it is bringing Arena Client through the Epic Game Store and now will officially have a Mac release. Yes, Borok, that level of excitement times five is where I'm at. I finally get to use my very own devices to play Magic the Gathering. I, I don't know if anyone else out there is like this. I know how to use computers, but. For some reason, certain softwares and I just don't agree. No matter how many times I try to use Wine or some of the other third-party softwares that would allow me to play the PC-based thing on my Mac, it I can never figure it out for the life of me. I keep trying and trying, even asking friends, and things just never pan out. And so now that there's an official release, I get to take charge of my own magic playing time via the online sphere. I, I can't tell you how happy this makes me. I'm floating on the wings of angels. This is destiny coming true. I finally get to grind to Mythic Nation at my own speed and own pace. I finally have a chance to potentially stream. Maybe I can make video on demand. Who knows, but this is a world that I finally get to open the door to and try to continue to expand my world in Magic the Gathering and maybe expand the scope and reach of the Unlucky Lounge, who knows? But what's most importantly is that now M21 is on the onset and having a chance to leap into this format head first with this new client is going to give me a chance to really focus on what this format means, take the pace the way I want to, and maybe learn something new about the game that I've been playing now for over 15 years. You know what boy I think after fifteen plus years of playing Ooh, the game that I've learned, learned most of what there is to had But the multiverse continues to surprise and excite me. And I think Corset twenty twenty one is an excellent example of this. From just a cursory look at the different archetypes in Limited, at the different engagements, the different decks that I think are going to come together, it's gonna to provide the right amount of entry-level accessibility for newer players while also engaging the enfranchised players like me. With my hype fully intact, we are going to take this time while Borak and I are walking about getting some exercise. We're going to talk about the top five limited archetypes in Core 2021 that I am excited to put together. Now note This isn't me predicting what I think the top five best decks are going to be. There's no way of really figuring it out until we get our reps in. We put in a dozen plus drafts and start to see how the different matchups between the archetypes are going to pan out the meta of the format. But that doesn't mean that we can't get excited about some of these decks that look like they're shaping up to be something spectacular. And let's be real, excitement breeds hype, which breeds exploration, and is going to explore us to some fun stuff. So let's get into it, and let's talk about those top five decks I'm excited to draft. Number five. Number five is the classic hit, it's Black Red Sacrifice. Now we've seen this archetype over time and time again. Every time the full spoiler set comes out, limited lore masters like myself scour the spoiler list to see where the threat effects and the sacrifice effects can come in and make something really sweet of this deck. And just peering at what we have currently in Core 2021, I would say that Black Red Sacrifice is there. Is it particularly great? Maybe. I definitely don't think it's gonna be as good as it was though in Ikoria, Ikoria provided this black-red deck that just hummed. Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous, Borok. You're absolutely right, Borok. It was, in fact, a pseudo-bear that made this deck represent why it was so great. Our cute little insectoid friend, Durable Coil Bug, ended up being a signpost common for this archetype. Going into Ikoria, I think a lot of people were not sure how good this card was going to be. I mean, a bear that for five mana you can bring back to your hand, it seems sweet, but sometimes that little value can seem quite incidental and maybe didn't play a large effect on the game in the long run. Now, aside from the cycling aggro craziness that was out there, Dribble Blug was a great role player and ended up having just the right amount of value to push you through and get you to the light game and then find alternative ways to get that sacrifice equity that was in the deck. So you weren't just dependent on the threatened sacrifice effect that a lot of black, red decks in past formats tended to lean on. So what about Core 2021? What makes this archetype look good in the core set? Well, we've got a threatened effect, but it's that uncommon. However, it does give you two mana back to use for your sacrifice equity. Say, like the Witch's Cauldron, a black artifact that sacrifices a creature to draw you a card. But the thing is, you're not getting your swing equity like you would with a regular threatened effect. Okay, so let's check mark away and kind of earmark the take your opponent's creature and sacrifice it for value, because I don't know if that's really going to be one of the main focuses of this archetype in Core 2021. What about a card like Durable Toilbug, a reoccurring creature that provides extra equity for all the sacrifice outlets that you have? Well there is one. We talked about it in our last episode. Silver Smoked Ghoul. It's a 3-1 for 3 that comes back to the battlefield when you gain 3 life and you can sacrifice him to draw a card. Now this card is self-contained. It can do its thing all by itself with a little bit of aid from life gain. But the thing is, it's an uncommon card. And it's not just the black-red deck that's going to be looking to play it, it's also the life game game. We're not going to see this card as much as we did through the coil bug, so whooping that extra incentive value is not necessarily going to be there. So what is it about this deck that makes me put it on the list? There's a couple cards, I think, that are really highlighting the strength of getting that extra creature value. The well, first off is Malefic Sight. This equipment looks like a stone-cold build-around. For two mana, it comes into play with the soul counter. When you equip the creature for one mana, it gets plus one, plus one for each soul counter on it. And then, when the equipped creature dies, you put an additional soul counter onto it. So every time a creature with Malefic Scythe dies, it makes that Scythe get bigger and bigger. And historically, equipment when they're in such a powerful place like this card looks like it is, it takes over the game. It rips it. It makes all of your creatures that you get into massive, massive role players. You can't really underestimate that role playing when you have a recurval effect like Morphic Scythe. And if unanswered, it makes every single creature card or token you draw completely untenable. You're right, Borok. The return of Deathbloom salad is a massive boon to this deck archetype too. For my listeners out there, this was a major, major common hit from Dominaria. It's a 3-2 for three mana that when it dies, you make a 1-1 green sapling creature token. Don't sleep on this card. It's two bodies in one. It gives you that extra route for your sacrifice stuff and it just hits the board and your opponent has to figure out something. Granted, in this set, we do have Dragonfire back in the game, which means it can exile a card like that without you making the 2 one value. But just because Fortune Dragonfire is there doesn't mean that I'm not gonna look at this card as so though it isn't one of the best things coming out of the common slots in Core 2021. Couple other things as well. Great narrative from the gentleman at Limited Resources, Liliana Stewart. They had a wonderful talk about this in their Common and Uncommon review that makes me think this card is gonna be a larger role player than what it just looks like on its surface. So one two for one mom, You sacrifice it by tapping it, and then target opponent discards a card in their hand. You can only do this at sorcery speed. It kind of looks like a derp. Doesn't do much. But this card comes down, it can be a really sweet role player in multiple ways. Discarding that last card from their hand. Forcing them to play in an abnormal way To try and avoid that card being good. What about when Malefic Scythe is on it? You could just equip it onto the servant, sacrifice it, and you got another soul counter on that bad boy. Also, being black red, you have access to some of the best removal that this set has to offer. That includes Scorching Dragonfire, it includes Grasp of Darkness, it includes the two costing removal spell, Eliminate. Destroy target creature or planeswalker with CMC three or less. You just got so much going for you. I, I got to feel like this deck might just be good on the basis of the basics. Not the massive synergies that say Akoria had, but still Black Red, something to look into. Hey, it's uh, number four. The fourth deck that I am most excited to build out of our coming core set is Black Blue Reanimation. Now, I know what some of you unlucky lounge rats are thinking. Corey, we just had a reanimation package in Ikoria, and those reanimation spells were massive and big and splashy. One gave lifelink, the other provided a fight utility to get you a two for one value. How in the world is a core set going to match this? Well, it's not gonna match it on splashy power level, but it is posing some interesting questions for the future. In particular, the printing of Rise Again. It is born a black return target creature from the graveyard the battlefield. But the real kicker about this sorcery speed card is that it is a common card. They put reanimation at common and my unlucky lounge rats, it makes sense. To break it down, the complexity of this card is not very high. Return a creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield is clean, it makes sense, and even people who have played the game for a very short amount of time knows what that text means. So on complexity level, it's perfect for a common. Now for power level, this kind of effect only really becomes overwhelming when you have things to support it, to back it up. And so by putting a reanimation spell at common, it's challenging the players to find these one-two effects while also making them accessible and will enable us to make some pretty cool reanimation decks that maybe we wouldn't have been able to make without the frequency of those reanimation cards appearing in the packs. Now, having big splashy creatures is one thing, but what about getting them into the graveyard? That's the other half of the battle, the enabling half. And boy oh boy, Core Set 2021 has things for days. It's got Jeskai Elder to away, to Teferi's Potage, the Riot Devils, that loots. Reign of Revelation at instant speed. But the real thing that made this deck go from a all right to a hype was when I saw a seven drop known as Waker of Waves. Five colas, blue-blue for a seven-seven whale creature. First off, the text on it says creatures your opponent's control have minus one, minus zero. Now, Borak, when your two-two bears become one-twos, how does that make? You feel. Yeah, that's correct. Making your creatures go down a power is way more effective than one might initially think that it is. It turns the ability to go wide into basically nothing and makes your combat steps impossible to really deal with. But Just a big derp with a cool ability is not enough for me to be excited for it in the reanimation deck. No, Waker of Waves has a very strange effect. For one and a blue, and discarding this card, you get to look at the top two cards of your deck. Put one into your hand and the other one into the graveyard. This card is a mini anticipate that goes to the graveyard and then enables your reanimation packages. Sometimes all it takes is a one-two card combination to make me excited to draft an archetype. Waker of Waves plus Rise Again or the uncommon blue-black payoff card, great example of this one-two card effect. And just think about this for a second. Turn four, Grasp of Darkness your opponent's big creature, the four-drop they play. Discard Waker of Waves for its ability, untap Rise Again your Waker of Waves and watch your opponent start roping as they try to figure out how to get out of this situation. Most of the time, the answer is they won't. Yo ho ho, it's number three. This is an Ixalan, why am I doing a pirate accent? My third most hyped deck to draft in Core Set 2021 is the white plus one plus one counter theme. Now I talked a little bit about this in my previous episode with Trufflesnout playing excess or Make Sense. But the more I think about the curve potential of the white deck, the more I get pretty excited about this play. Just having a nice suite of creatures going two, three into a Bossary's Acolyte, well, that just makes me happy in all the right ways. But notice that I said the white plus one plus one counter theme. You see, my lucky land rats, I really think consistently in force at 2021, you're going to start off on taking a lot of strong white cards, keeping yourself flexible and open, and then jump into a partner color. White's got so much great incidental strength in its commons and uncommons, between face fetters, the tap removal spell, uh, even Falconer Adept, the two, three for four that when it attacks, you make a one, one flyer. You just have to take some of these cards in the early, and then eventually look for some kind of signal to jump you off from white. This could be the green white deck that we talked about. Big creatures going over the top and just having a lot of strength and having multiple plus one plus one counter payoffs. It could also be going into the blue white flyers deck. The white template seems to have support for this blue white flyers deck as well with the plus one plus one counters and the extra flyers that white has. Concordia Pegasus never looked as good as it does right now. That take also brought to you by Limited Resources. Thank you, Marshall and LSV. That was some really good insight in your set review episode. But white also can start you off on the route to going into black-white life game. Let's say you pick up an Early Face feathers and White. It goes in pretty much any white deck you'd ever want to draft. You take that, you look what comes towards you and having a card that has that flexibility of removal while also gaining you life, it's so great when you start to get some of those other black-white life game payoffs like Silver Smoke Ghoul or Griffin Airy. Starting on white, being open to what colors come, it's gonna lead to a lot of victories. Mark my words all of my lucky lounge rap friends. Well, My unlucky Lounge Rats, it looks like Borok needs a hot second for a Tiny Bear Hibernation, which means it's a good time to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about my two decks that I am most excited to draft in Core 2021. Stick around! Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. Where we were before, we are counting down our top five most hyped decks to draft in the coming core set. And well, quite frankly, Brocks Bear Hibernation is still going a little strong. So we're gonna take a quick walk around the block. And while we do that, let's talk about the second most exciting deck to draft in Core 2021. Oh yeah, it's time for number two there, don't you know? casseroles. The Shrine Deck. Oh, my unlucky lounge rats! you couldn't accurately describe the level of excitement that I had when I saw that new shrines were going to be in the next limited format. If you've never had a chance to put together the Shrine Deck in a draft, I'll tell you something right now. When you get multiple shrines going, and you accrue this really amazing incremental value, you feel like you should be worshipped. There should be a shrine in your name. And with these five shrines in Core 2021, I'm nothing short of excited to put this deck together. Now, personally, I've had a limited opportunity to draft with the original Honden Cycle. Some of my friend's cubes put them in there, and quite frankly, they were a lot of fun and I anticipate that same level of fun being in Corset 2021. The satisfaction of taking a Shrine and say, pick five or six and pack one, and seeing it pay off when you table, say, the White Shrine later on, it's gonna feel real good. Especially because some of these Shrines are only going to be particularly good when you're combining them with other of its same card type. Like I said a second ago, the White Shrine, not really good in any other deck but the Shrine deck. But when you can table it around, and you feel that table happen, hmm, that's a chef's kiss right there. Mwah. Now, how do we get into this deck? That's a question I'm looking forward to seeing as time develops. What shrine do you want to take first to start to lean you into it? I'm sensing the Black Shrine, since it's kind of ubiquitously good. It can even be played in, say, the Life Game Duck or some kind of black-red aggro build. Perhaps the Green Shrine, with its ability to splash into other colors, will be a key role-player for building the Shrine's deck. And of course, you've got that wonderful Voltron effect when you put together these multiple things to create larger amounts of incremental advantage so you just swamp your opponents. and whatever you're doing feels good, man, feels good. That's enough for the Shrine's deck. I think we all see how the deck will come together. It'll be interesting to see whether you have to go all in, maybe just two or three Shrines in your deck can motivate you to put them in, and also what Shrines in particular will be good enough as a standalone. Probably not white, probably not red, but maybe some of the other colors instead. But that leaves us with one more hype deck in Core Set 21. So let's go to the final deck. Number one. Hey, Borok buddy, you came back in time for me to talk about my number one most excited deck to draft. Mono blue card draw. Wait, Laura, where are you going? Wait, Laura. <sighs> I guess if it's not aggro, you just can't interest that bear. Yes, my lucky lounge rats. It might be kind of boring, but I think blue is going to be a color to behold in Corset Twenty Twenty One. The card draw in this color is flush. There is so much random looting hard advantage that it's going to come together in this really amazing synergistic package that's going to just end up winning the game off of playing on your opponent's end step. Now, the reason why I'm very excited to put this deck together is that potential to just draw go. I know sometimes a bit monotonous, but there's something about drafting a set that has like say frantic inventory The draw a card, and then you draw an additional card for each copy of Frantic Inventory in your deck. I saw this card, and I got excited. Not just because I love accumulated knowledge, even though it was a bit egregious, but I love the fact that it has this same mechanic that has now shown up a few times in the last year. that is certain names of cards. This is not to talk about what is perhaps my favorite card from Ikoria, Whisper Squad but the fact that these cards refer to themselves and give this extra dimension, making certain cards powerful and edging people away from them without multiples, thus giving more credence to this plan is a real satisfying way to start taking cards in a draft format. I remember going all the way back to conspiracy, seeing the small card pool be supplemented with the strength of some of those conspiracies. Having the named cards get additional advantage based on your conspiracy picks. And when we had cards like Whisper Squad and Icoria gaining more advantage off of these little extra things, it went from just what looks like a 1-1 to a real role player. And I think Frantic Inventory is gonna have that exact same play. And think about casting Rewind, countering your opponent's spell, and then casting like a Frantic Inventory to keep your engine going. That is magic perfection, friends. Maybe not perfection, but. Real satisfaction. Now, on top of all this is a card that I think is going to be what might be one of the strongest uncommons in the set, Teferi's Tutelage. It's the Psychic Corrosion that at its base already spots you a two mill. This card says whenever you draw a card, target opponent mills the top two cards of their library. But when it enters the battlefield, you get to loot. So in a set that already has so much card draw, so much random looting and even if you say pair it with the color like green borok he's too far away but you're pairing together blue green a color combination that already has so much card draw payoff and green for some reason just has a ton of extra incidental card draw this is shaping up to look like a deck that can both hang in the early game and hang in the long game so even if we're not just blue and we're splashing into other colors this is going to be some real gas, friends. I know I use the word gas a lot, but I think blue car draw is going to actually be kerosene. That's right, folks. Blue car draw is my kerosene pick of the week. There's no way that kerosene is gonna catch on, is it? Whew, well, my unlucky lounge rats, we have talked about a lot in a very small amount of time Me and Borak have definitely walked around the block a number of times and, hey, I think we're lean, mean, and ready to be a drafting machine. Of course, at 2021, just around the corner with the release of the Mac OS through the Epic Games Store. Hype is my middle name in this one moment of time. Now, before we go, call to arm to my lucky lounge rats out there. I want you to tell me, how was this walk and talk type episode? Is this something that's fun? You can hear the sounds of the actual world around you. Kind of inspired by me just listening to podcasts as I'm taking my walk, but let's actually create a podcast on the go. I love the fun, energetic feel of looking over the of list while I'm walking down the road, and hey, maybe putting some words to it was satisfying for all y'all out there. Or is this just a thinly veiled attempt to try and capture the same magic as Mark Rosewater's drive to work Well, we can't drive, but you know, instead, We can take a walk now before we go once more. I just want to take a second to say black lives matter, trans lives matter. Everyone's lives matter. We live in a world that we are creating the change. We can see real social change. So let us continue to think people forward, love and support the people and communities that are out there and create a safe environment. No matter who you are, no matter what your background is and we can all live together in harmony with a sense of equality and justice for all. Whew, well Borok, it's been a walk, but now we've made it back to the Unlucky Lounge, and I don't know about you, buddy, but I think it's time for us to have an untapped stuff. You took the words right out of my mouth. Well, my Unlucky Lounge rats, have a great pre-release weekend, be it at your local game store or online sheltering in place. We hope you go out there Make some magical mountains. My name is Corey, joined alongside borak And thanks for listening to another episode of Draft and Draft. We'll see you around the multiverse. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.